Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast. A bit of a disgruntled For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast today. Um, it's Neil and Paddy, as always, and uh, I'm not really going to go into too much of, of a build-up for the for this podcast because a lot of this is just going to be what flows out of our mouths, I think, tonight, because uh, obviously we're coming to you after a game against... Um, Jesus, I've even forgotten who the, West Ham uh, yesterday... <laughs> A game against the officials yesterday, exactly, yeah. We had a two-minute game against West Ham, which we lost 2-0, which is absolutely fine. But we had a game against the officials as well, as well that we uh, that we lost too. But, uh, Paddy, I'm just going to get, get straight off the bat. I'm just going to ask you, go for it, have at it. What's, I, I've spoken my mind twice on the whole cast and Villa View already. Um, what's your views on last night? Because uh, I can't help but think that you're... A small bit displeased with uh, what went down with VAR last night. Well, to be honest, I got over the offside very quickly. But, you know that I looked. You look at what they gave Patrick Bamford uh, offside for a few weeks ago, and it was exactly the same. And if that's the case, that's the case. But it has to be the same for everybody. And I went, okay, that's fine. But as the replays went on, you could. 100% see. Now, it was hard to tell whether he was running across the line or he would have ran into an offside position. Either way, he had a guy swinging out of his neck. Mm. And if that's not a penalty, or if VAR cannot say, oh, you've missed this, because that's what happened. He missed that bit. And is Ollie Watkins a fault for not tumbling to the ground? 
is that is that what it takes to to get a penalty in this day and age? Because I'm absolutely baffled. I'm not I'm not exaggerating when I say at three o'clock this morning I was still lying awake fuming that that penalty wasn't given. Mm. That's not to say we would have scored. I understand why they, <laughs> no, why they, why their little uh, graphs uh, ruled out our, our goal, but uh, it just it's just beyond belief that that, that these absolute clowns that are running. Uh, what do they call it? Pog, pog model or whatever it is. That, you saw what they came out with. The PGMOL came out with. You, you saw what they came out with and they said, oh yeah, we checked it. We checked it for a penalty. It wasn't a penalty. And you're going, well, if Trezeguet is a penalty, there's actual incident. There's more than incidental contact in that in that instance. Um, it's like I'm as sorry, if... If, 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 uh, if they come out and say that, that means... They did, Stuart, apparently. Stuart, Atle- Stuart Atwell has suddenly become Stevie Wonder. Because it's absolutely beyond belief that someone could, that they can actually say to people, "Yeah, there's no case to answer here." They they've just told the rest of the Premier League. By the way, the next time you have a game, just wrestle the guy to the ground, and, the, and we won't give a penalty because they'll all go, "Well, if it wasn't a penalty the other night, how is it a penalty tonight?" And we'd be having the same dis- discussions over and over again. And the, the the number one, you know, I put my hands up there at the start, and I went fine. If they're gonna if they're gonna say your arm is offside and Bamford's goal is offside because he points where he wants the ball to go, fine. If it's for everybody, absolutely fine. But to not give a penalty is absolutely beyond me. Yeah. It, it, it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Who are they protecting here? Are they are they protecting the referee because he missed it? I don't think I, I don't think they are because they've like they've overruled the goal that he said stood. You know, yeah. so they're not they're not protecting the referee in that instance at all. The the easiest thing to do is say, okay, yes, it was offside, but now it's a penalty. So there you go, referee. There's your goal. You know, so it, for me, I don't think they're protecting the referee. But, it's 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 the clear and obvious thing again, and it always will be the clear and obvious thing. You know, it's 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 just ridiculous. Why have those three words in there if not for just and and for anybody you guys who can't see it here, Paddy just drank out of a Mister Grumpy mug uh, there a second ago, and I think that's pretty apt after last. Very appropriate game. today, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, yeah, look, it's 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 one of those things where um, I I just I can't figure it out. I really really cannot figure it out. I, I can figure. Out. Look, you said that. Look, if they're going to call Bamford's offside and they're going to call uh, Watkins offside, then then we know what it is. Absolutely, I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't say that. Yes, the second I saw it, when I saw it, I went, "That's like Patrick Bamford's. That's like Firmino's last year. Firmino's a goal against us last year, and 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 all that jazz." But it's. I'm not, just, I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's right. No, yeah, two wrongs I'm don't saying, make I'm a say, right. I'm exactly. I accept it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, two wrongs don't make make a right. <laughs> it's uh, it's um, yeah, it's it, it's one of, it's one of those things, and it's a look. I, I'm a bit more calm about it tonight than than I was last night because, as I say, I thought the referee had a very good game otherwise. Um, I thought it was it was uh, you know, what he did was. He let the game flow. I thought, I, thought, I thought it was really good, to be honest with you. And uh, it's important to kind of highlight that too. But this is the second time in in a in in seven days and eight days whereby we've had a situation whereby at the end of the game we get our chance to have something go in our favor, and it doesn't. And and everyone's scratching their head at why we don't get that chance, but other teams do. And as I say, I'm not playing the victim victim um, uh, situation here again, but. It's just like we are. We all can't be wrong. 
Carragher can't be wrong. Neville can't be wrong. We can't be wrong. The majority of Twitter can't be, you know, uh, when I say Twitter, the reason I use Twitter as a standing because I know there's a hundred percent bullshit on it most of the time. But the fact that there's fans from every club um, that are that are mentioning this, and there's there's people up and down the the journalistic fraternity that are saying that look, this is, look, we all know that that's a goal. Like he's offside because he's been pushed into an offside, he's been wrestled into an offside position by the defender. And yeah. um, there is like there, it was. It, if you don't want to give the goal for offside, you give a penalty. People can't understand it. The only person that can understand it is the person that made the call in VAR. It goes back again, Paddy. Mike him up. Hear what we're saying. If it's a situation whereby the referee asks the VAR or VAR says to him, we think there's a potential offside here. Clarify the ruling. That means that nothing else can be found. Like in rugby, is it try yes or no? Uh, is a potential grounding? All that kind of stuff that happens in rugby. You know, it depends on the questioning that's being asked. And that's why referees ask try yes or no, because it opens up a broader v- view of getting the situation right. Um, okay. Something maybe like that, where the referee asks for VAR's intervention. Um, might be might be better. I I just I can't figure yeah. it out. I try and come with a new with a new piece to, to a new uh, kind of recipe to the table every week, and I just can't well, figure it out because it's here's here's my solution. Number one, sack Mike Riley because he's made an absolute abomination of this. It's absolutely ridiculous what he's done to our game. The man has no business being involved in football. Number two, get rid of VAR as we know it make it the full responsibility of the referee. Give each team three flags or four flags, and if if there's something to be disputed, they've got somebody sitting on the sideline looking at a monitor, and they can say, hang on a minute, look at this, we need to put in our flag. You've got 30 seconds to put in your flag. If we don't put it in, it doesn't count. Mm. That is the only way this is going to work. One referee needs to be responsible for their actions, not a faceless clown sitting in Stockley Park with every bit of technology at his disposal and I'm sorry, if you have to draw a line to check if something is offside the game is is dead the game is Mm. absolutely dead as it is and it's all on the shoulders of Mike Riley, I don't care what anyone says, he was given carte blanche to go and make this work and he's made an absolute bollocks of it I can't think of any other work to describe it, it's an absolute mess we go yeah. back and look. We go back and look at what happened this last week, and then look at the penalty Brighton got this week. I know mm. they're not identical, but they're near enough identical. And you're going, what happened between last week and this week? Mm. You know what directives are they been given to make these decisions because they just make absolute no sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm working myself up into tizzy now about it. VAR, like I, I think like, we completely forgot, but we just went past our hundred. I think it's our hundred and first podcast. No, the first few I did on my own, but since Paddy's came on, I would say definitely. I would say sixty percent of podcasts we've done, we've had a good rant about VAR on the on the podcast, and it's not because yeah. we are disgruntled old men uh, like Statler and Waldorf from the Muppets sitting above in the in the um. In, in the gantry, just having a moan for the sake of it, it's been something that's that's either happened in another game or it's been something that's happened in a, in a game related to Aston Villa where we feel that there is, it's just not been a common sense application of the, of, of the technology. And that's a huge thing for this is, yeah. Like it's a common game for common people. It's the game of a uh, game of everybody. Essentially, why have the ambiguity in it? Have common sense uh, pre- prevail. And uh, yeah, look, as I say, I'll work myself up into a tizzy and, and, and 
I don't have too much more to say on VAR because it's not going to bring the result back for us. We were the masters of our own downfall yeah. and conceding two goals since ourselves. Um, Absolutely. We should, but, uh, Trezeguet just, should have scored again, you know. Just, just before you go off VAR, I just, I just want to go backtrack to the, the penalty we were actually given, right? Mm. Can you explain to me why it takes so many minutes to look at that when the referee has quite obviously seen the short pull and went, there's a short pull, it's a penalty. What's mm. to look at? What, what are they looking at? All that did was unnerve the striker. So again, they've made an absolute bollocks of that as well. I'm yeah, but I'm I'm also going to say, and Paddy, you've you've done a lot of coaching. I I've not done any uh, football, soccer coaching or anything like that. But like you know, the 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 point of diminishing returns when you go high with a penalty like that is is risky. You go low, and all he had to do for a finish, if he had turned around, as, and I often say this, if you turn around and farted into the net, the keeper was gone a million miles the opposite direction. You know, don't yeah. make you don't need to make a highlight reel out of a penalty. Best penalty takers just drill it down the middle or or blast it low. You know, going high with something like that, you're you're leaving yourself open to open to issues and and open to open to mistake. You know, yeah. Well, like I know I told you before, any time I played, I took set pieces, I took penalties. When that kind of messing starts to go on and Declan Rice is in a, the referee's face and he won't get out of the way and he won't let them check VAR and Fabianski standing on the penalty spot, the, the game is gone. The game is completely gone. That referee saw a short being pulled and that's why he gave the penalty. Mm. It's 100% that's what happened. Yeah. Yes, it took, the, even on the first angle, the very first angle of, of the VAR, you could see the jersey being held. What, what else was to check? I, I've no idea what they're looking at. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But who, well, who, are they, who are they trying I to wonder, who are they trying I wonder, was, I wonder, was the VAR checked because when Trezeguet get like when Trezeguet hits the ground, he gets up and he's a face like he's gone, you know, he's been inside the octagon. You know, I yeah. think that's that might be it. They were kind of wondering, wait a minute, what happened here was when he was going past the German boot him in the face or something. And it was very innocuous. It was a knee to the face, but it was very innocuous, I think, as well. Yeah. But, uh, and another thing, why does the referee have to explain to everybody the rules of the game once once a penalty has been taken? Why does he have to tell? It, it's been delayed long enough. And then he has to tell Fabianski that he has to stay on his line until the ball is kicked. It's mm. a load of shite. An absolute load of shite. The game yep. has gone long enough. And the, it's and like... Long enough. And, and they don't add the correct amount of time on at the end of the game for the fucking waste of time that they spend looking at their little tools to draw lines and everything else. Mm. Yeah, the whole, yeah. The whole thing... An absolute mess. And I've, as I said before, with VAR and with drawing lines, uh, I in, in a past job when I used to be involved in architecture, I there would be times where you might draw something, you might draw a sketch design from a photograph, and you'd import a photograph and you draw it in AutoCAD. And then when you go and you actually try and measure up what you've drawn from the photograph, you could be two, you could be two foot off, you could be three foot off, depending on on scale. If you're drawing from a from a picture, you cannot get it right. It is absolutely impossible to get it right to the actual. If they're talking about five five centimeter um, increments here, like they were talking about in the Eredivisie and the um, and the Danish Super League. Uh, Superliga. If you're talking about five centimeter increments for a margin of error, you can't even get it right to five centimeters with drawing those lines. Like you see the way, the, like the line is made. They draw the line themselves. They can put it wherever the hell they want. 
So yes. for me, and then and, and then the other thing was, oh, well, it would have hit where his shirt was, the one on his shirt sleeve. So do, do we see teams now start to wear basketball jerseys? And then you can't give away a handball. Like where, like the, the rules are so ambiguous. They're so stupidly written. Like, did anyone actually think that a lawyer might actually have read over those rules and saw that there was clarifying information in them? Because it seems so silly that every time something happens, there is a case whereby, oh yeah, but there's always a but coming from the from the the rule makers to say, oh yeah, but you wouldn't understand because this is what it means. This is the and and it's like no, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't need to be interpreted to that level or to that to that scrutiny. But anyway, well, I, I, it, all go, it all goes back to those three words: clear, clear and, and obvious. Exactly. If clear you've and got obvious. to drive line, draw lines on the fucking pitch, it's not clear and obvious. If if there was no if there was no VAR there. There was there would have been nobody from West Ham quarrying or querying that goal. Absolutely nobody would have queried that goal. It would have not. It, there was no way that Tiger and, and Neville would have been in the in the the uh, the studio afterwards saying, "I think he might have been offside." I, yeah. there, there I think no, his sleeve was offside. Yeah, there is no way it would be quite. Look, as I say, I'm in a tizzy over it now. I don't want to be. Let's move on to to how the game actually panned out. And it was a pretty shitty two minutes that we had. Two minutes of lack of leadership, as I said before, and two minutes of lack of defensive, um, defensive nose. We got done by two headers. One by Jared Bone. That I don't know how he gets a header onto it because people turned their backs to a float across mm-hmm. in from Ben Rama. And then the first one was obviously uh, a corner that we've been caught so literally all it was was West Ham did what Southampton did and that's that's a worrying thing for me that they just copycat with, with Southampton and the Brighton just did a copycat of of Leeds as well by by overloading one side of the field and switching quickly to an open man so like if you're going to see copycat teams here we want to start start uh, looking after uh, our own patch of grass with regards to that and and and, and I I was you know I won't say critical, but I was kind of I'm kind of putting a lot of kind of the leadership aspect down on Tyrone Mings because we're a small team. If he's not going to market a corner and we're going to play zonal marking, he better be organizing that zonal marking Mm -hmm. and not allowing people to drift off and not allowing people to turn around. You see John McGinn turns around and goes, who am I marking? Literally, when Bonner moves away from him, who am I marking? They bunch, the new tactic is everybody bunches together and spreads out. For me, if everybody bunches together and spreads out, you need to have somebody very vocal there. You need to change it up and say, and and talk to people. Mings stands and looks at that corner. He doesn't get anywhere near Antonio to move him away from the goalkeeper. And he certainly doesn't, he's not, he's not, he's, he's not, uh, he's there in case the ball comes into that area. Yes, which is the essence of zonal marking. But for somebody as tall and as pivotal for us as he is, um, I, I expect to see more. There's no way you would see a John Terry. There's no way you'd see um, even a Garrett Southgate back in the day that wouldn't be turning around, wouldn't be barking and, and shouting at a corner like that, especially the first corner when you don't want to be caught cold because we were caught cold from the throwing, throwing just beforehand as well. Matt Target gets a block in the throwing and then Target gets gets left in a, in an absolutely uh, unsurmountable task at the back post to try and get Agbana. Yeah. <sighs> but look... We, we spoke. <laughs> it's funny we spoke about this a week ago, um, and it was the first time we've ever spoken about zonal marking when it came to Aston Villa. It was a moment of madness, and they weren't organised properly. I watched. They got a corner a few minutes later, and Konza standing exactly where Agbona headed the first goal in. They were just much more organised. So why weren't mm. they that way in the first half? Um, a guy sent me a video actually last night from a. UEFA A, um, Jesus, UEFA A uh, badges, yeah. yeah, and it's 
it, it's all it's all about defending this new what they call the bus queue. Yeah. Where where three or four guys stand on the penalty spot and then they just disperse into different parts. And it was it was really interesting to listen. It went on for about fifteen minutes. Um, and it, it's it's all about mapping out a D of, of where they can mm-hmm. run into an arc and for a radius, map. yeah. So let, let them let them at that, and then if they don't move as the corner is being taken, they come and it, the defenders come and attack the bus queue, so that you know they've they've nullified that threat. But it, it went on for about fifteen minutes, and it was really interesting. But uh, it's you'd wonder what what the hell is going on because it, they, they've obviously somebody has come up with this idea of the bus queue to to go at a zonal marking system and completely. Um, they're just they're not at the races at all one minute into the game they just they just haven't got their their head screwed on and it's silly 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 error the first goal the first goal as I say I'm really kind of clutching at straws when I try and say that in a way look I think it was a well worked look David Moyes is a master at this it's nothing new David Moyes is is good at Mm -hmm. set pieces like Tim Cahill used to be put in advantageous positions because he was able to jump the size of the Empire State Building and he was able to get his head on the ball and Moyes used him to the fullest of his ability Moyes knows how to get a good corner routine he knows how to get, get a good free kick routine he knows how to get crosses into the box and get people in certain positions that was his bread and butter at, at Everton and things evolved around it with players like Pinar and so on but when when like when when Moise's back was against was against the wall with West Ham last year that's what he did he literally just employed the age-old tactic of peel a big man off to the back post Suchek got three goals I think last year in the run-in from literally just peeling off to the back post and getting caught on um getting caught on the, on the shoulder of, of fullbacks who are obviously going to be smaller than him. It's that simple. But I suppose when I talk about Tyrone Mings, I think I'm a small bit more annoyed about the second goal because the second goal was no pace on that on that, uh, that cross that came in. It was a floated cross in and Tyrone Mings is there and he's not facing the ball when he jumps. He's turned around and he's way taller than Jared Bourne. There, I know there was three people in there. I know there's three people yeah. in around him, but my God, you have to be a bit more, a bit stronger than that. Get something on it. Take all three of them out of it. Get, like get to the ball some way. Uh, but look, for me, as I say, I don't dislike Tyrone Mings and I don't want it to catch any heat for it going, oh, watch this fella. He doesn't like Mings all of a sudden or watch this fella. He's fickle for not liking Mings. I yeah. just think he made two fucking mistakes and I'm allo- and he should be allowed to say it, especially after the mistake he made against Welbeck last week, that he needs to screw his head on because he's a leader yeah. in this team. It wasn't the only mistake he made. He he, he, he tried a ridiculous Cruyff turn on the corner of the box as well, yeah. which yeah. nearly put them in. Um, I think I'm not looking um, for him to be dropped like or sold or anything like that. No, I'm just I looking for someone was, to sit him down and say, yeah. Hey, ca- vice captain on the team, come on, have a small bit more cop on about the situation. Yeah, like I, I think he's a little bit comfortable as well because it's just like I don't think we had a center half on the bench last night, did we? Uh, I don't think we did. No, um, Courtney House and Engels were out. No, we didn't. Yeah. That's the way that's the way it's gone. So, um I just think he's a little bit too comfortable there. Uh, I just checked. No, no centre half. Elmo would have been the centre half if anything happened. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a little bit too comfortable. He, he has that little brain fart in his locker. It happens once a game. It happened three times last night, and we were punished twice, and we were very nearly punished the third time. Yeah. yeah. You know, if if the if the game plan is if he's going to go with with that kind of diagonal long ball, don't think about don't think about 
cutting it inside and, and looking for another option. He, he, he's got to just disperse to the ball straight away. If I was the manager, I would be on the, on the sideline going, what the hell are you at? Is this, is this, was this part of the game plan? Surely safety forced, especially yeah. when a team is adopting a high press like that. Exactly. Get rid of the fucking thing. And, and like, especially if your manager is a guy who cut his teeth in the lower leagues and was a def- centre half himself. But I think the big thing there is that that fella, that's the, the, the player that's closing him down, wants him to disperse the ball. He wants him to boot it up the field because he doesn't want him, like, he's he's not hoping even that he Cruyff turns him. He wants him to just get rid of it. And yeah. when you Cruyff turn, he, if that guy is is beside you, and like, he's he's not trying to dispossess Wings at that given time until Wings tries to Cruyff turn it and he goes, wait a minute, he's now off balance. I can now maybe get the ball. So yeah. they're expecting, they want Mings to ping it forward long because it's a, it's a, it's, it's a low, low percentage ball. You know, yeah. that's what they, that's what they want well, to. Well, it, it, yeah. And in fairness to him, it's not so much low percentage because he's quite accurate. Yeah, from a long yeah. distance, and we've but, got players who can control a ball and take it out of the air. So I have Rice, no problem with him playing them balls. I have a problem with him changing his mind and trying to cut inside mm, when when yeah, there's. Yeah. I think there was I think there was three of them level with him at that stage when he made that yeah, mistake. So. Yeah, just, just to clarify, Tyrone Mings, Man Mountain, just expect this small bit more in the top six inches. That's Absolutely. all we're looking for yeah. from him. That's it. We're not saying he can't play football. We're not saying that. That if it's between him and Kanza, we want one of them to yeah. stay and one of them to go. No, we're saying yeah. it's all about the top six inches because that's what kept us in the league last year. That's what got us to the top of to close to the top of the league at the start of the season. Why should these lapses be coming in now? Especially when we read articles during the international break about sports psychologists and so on as well. We need to start either listening to them or we uh, we need to start taking on board what's the, what's there because those lapses of concentration and I know sport is a is a it's not a game for robots it's a it's a game of spontaneity but um, I, I I think look when I as I said as I said on the interview or I think it was uh, I think it was the podcast I said it's like a daddy syndrome I look up to him and I don't expect him to make mistakes because he's such an alpha male in that dressing room you know and when he does I get ultra disappointed when he makes a simple mistake like that because he's now a recognised England international you shouldn't like the the like you, you'll everything is highlighted, and you know it's he's he's in a great position to keep that position, keep that place. He is one of the better left-footed centre halves in the Premier League. Like probably himself, Virgil Van Dijk. Uh, you know, for size, power, pace, uh, left-foot ability, um, like there's certainly no other better left-footed centre half in the UK at the moment. Or in for and the and the England squad at the moment. I'm open to, I'm open to yeah. correction on that. No, and what agree. I'm saying is go on and be great and don't make those mistakes. Because yeah. if you I get think, an, if you get yeah. a, a a reputation for making those mistakes, you'll you know you'll never shift it. As the as the as the saying goes, if you have a reputation for getting up early in the morning, you can stay in bed all day. So uh, you know, don't get a reputation for uh, for staying in bed all day. You get a reputation for getting up early in and the I morning. And I think I think it just is concentration. I just think there's a there's a slight lapse there. And he's prone to it, and it can't. We can't continue with that happening. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we got a call. We Jack did. Grealish, Jack Grealish, Matty Cash has passed into Jack Grealish. But you know what? I think we might introduce a segment in the podcast where we just give a round of applause for stuff. And I, I just got to give a round of applause. <laughs> Matty Cash is oh, what, what a great pass in there into Jack Grealish. You know that, and. and that was one of the highlights of the game for me. Um, what a fizzer, you know, just 
Choo, took the head off every worm on the way on the way across. There was nothing going to put going to um, pop its head above the ground. There, beauty. Jack Grealish cuts inside, gets a lucky deflection. I don't care. Uh, into the back of the net. We're back at one one. I thought at one one we were going to win the game, but as we know, it didn't turn out that way. Jack Grealish, Paddy, what a man! Like what he best player in the field again last night for you, wasn't he? Oh, or was he? Absolutely, yeah. He's Cruyff yeah. turn at the edge of the box. That was, to, to, to look at the defender who, who spun around and gone, you could just see him going, where the hell is he? He just, he didn't know where he went. He was just completely left flat-footed. And then when he, when he looked, Grealish was 10 yards away. It was oh, hilarious. He's He was so good last night. And, and, and I talk about it, and I said this before, uh, that, you know, Mings has gone away on international duty and I use the whole, you're an established interna- England international now or you're on the way to it. You know, you can't make these mistakes. Grealish is the same, but the game has slowed down again for Grealish. Grealish is working in the matrix at the moment. You know, things are moving moving so slowly in front of him and he's able to get in and around it. It's like someone pauses time sometimes when he's got the ball at his feet. He's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's he's growing to the moment. And Dan Bardell said it in the, in the Villa View last night when I was talking to him. He said that, uh, you know, pressure is a privilege. That's what yeah. Grealish said. And, and this is what the, te- the team is now under pressure. So let's treat it as a privilege, like we did at the run-in last season. And, and I'm not saying that we're in capitulation free fall or whatever. Yes, we've lost four out of the last five, but this team is, is a better, like we've been a better team than three out of the last four teams that we've played. Leeds, we weren't a better team. We, were, we weren't a better team in the first half against Southampton. But after the first half in Southampton, we've been a better team than every single team we've played. And exactly. It's just it's it's about consistency and 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 knocking the errors on the head. Um, I'm just conscious of time here, Paddy, as well, because I know both of us need to need need to pop off. But yeah. uh, and plus, talking about the game last night is you know, it's blood pressure inducing. But we've just gotten news through here as well, breaking news as well, that the Village versus Newcastle game is now off on Friday at the behest of the the Premier League due to coronavirus. Um, initial thoughts on that, Paddy. Um, initial thoughts are that it was probably called off too soon. That is my thinking on it. Now I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I did I did say that you know football isn't important and we want everybody to be safe. But uh, where's the protocol? Where where's the rules? Where's the where's the Premier League rules to say how many players needed to be? I I haven't seen them. I I've seen people. Uh, Quoting the same thing over and over again. I think that was bogus, though. About fourteen players need to be. I think that was bogus. I think that was debunked by uh, by a journalist. Some yeah. So I don't. I don't know what the rules are, but I. I think it's only Tuesday. Um, they can go back to the training ground tomorrow. Could they not reassess then? I don't think they could. I think that yeah, was. The, I think that's that's the point behind it. They wouldn't be able to train all the way up towards the game, and and with player safety yeah. involved. Um, yeah, but sa- safety is the most important thing. But what yeah. what what's what's happened there to, to have so many cases? Is see this I, and this the this the, I think that's completely separate. I think that that's that's a situation whereby the FA look at Newcastle and go, "You broke protocol. You didn't do something right. What we're going to do here is we're going to." points or we're going to so I, I the, the, the Premier League and, and I'm sorry for cutting over you there because I know you're yeah. getting into full swing but I think what the Premier League wants to do is here they want to protect the integrity of the competition first and foremost they don't want to start forfeiting games get, having teams forfeit games because what you're looking at and God knows 
we have had enough shit thrown our way about the about the the Hawkeye decision last year against Sheffield United. And God forbid we stay up by three points or by a goal because the, the <laughs> FA give us three nil win against Newcastle yeah. United because of a coronavirus outbreak. I don't yeah. think I wouldn't be able to go on a full on murderous rampage um, around Middle England somewhere to fans of another club that say we are jammy bastards for staying up because of something that wasn't our fault. But I, like, I just, it, I just found a very vague. You know, there, there was all different figures I, quoted. How many? How many players have it? I mean, what, what's the story like? It's there's there seems to be five players, one first team player and one first team coach. I personally feel what's happened here. And Aston Villa came out with a statement to say that they would fully uh, endorse uh, a postponement, and then about twenty yeah. minutes later, it came out that it was postponed. I think what happened is Newcastle rang the FA and goes, lads. We're having more and more people test positive. I don't know what the story is going to be here. We don't want to endanger the other team. We can't train. So therefore, and we can't train. Like our guys, are, like what, what do you expect us to do? And the FA literally went and probably said, hey, listen, we'll ring Villa. We'll see what the story is. Villa went, we've only got a squad of, uh, we've only got maybe about 18 players we can actually put out in the field in a Premier League game. If we get one of our guys catching coronavirus, fuck that. And, you know, I, th- I think it was a case of, listen, Villa, what what you want to do? And Villa went. I think on the basis of everything here, we will. Yeah. Uh, we 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 don't mind the 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 postponement. Was that the right thing? I know there's going to be people who are going to say, "Screw that!" You know, take your advantage. You know, it's only a scandemic, whatever else, uh, all that kind of stuff. You know, and, and that will be making the rounds for the next few days, and that's fine. But the decision has been made to postpone the game. My biggest problem with this is we already have to fit in New Man City somewhere. And now we're going to have to fit in Newcastle somewhere as well. I'm half open, we, and we've got Liverpool in the FA Cup. How's about we play our kids against Liverpool now so we don't go on an FA Cup run? Because we're not going to be... Like, like fitting in games is, is, is going to be tough on this Aston Villa squad unless we make a couple of signings in four weeks' time in the, in the January transfer window. Well, it's, it's more of a pain in the arse than anything else. We, we're now two games behind everybody else by the end of next weekend. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very difficult. And we could be in 15th position by the end of next weekend. Yeah. We could be fifteenth. Yeah. Like what so the we, hell? We've gone from we've gone from sitting before last week's game and going we or th- this week's game and going we win the next two we're in the top four <laughs> to yeah. uh, to not playing a game now and we could be we could be fifteenth in the league and that's you know it's it's a bit of a, a fucking wake up call for everybody here at how perilously close we can be to, to dropping down there because mm. once you're down there you want points on the board you don't you don't want to be sitting with games to play yeah you yeah know, and. I think I'll, I think at this stage, you know, we should, probably should be looking below us because it, it, like, yeah. despite how well we're playing, we're shipping goals. So um, we we need to get we need to get points on the board. And I I personally, as I said, I was full sure we were getting three points last night, and I would have been full sure we we're getting three points on Friday night, mm. and that would have left us in a really good place going into the Christmas. And it's going to be mayhem at Christmas, like so. It's a strange one. Uh, I say uh, safety is the most important thing, and you know I'm not going to be hypocrite. I have said it before, and I do believe it. You know, look at look after the players' welfare, and uh, yeah, we'll worry about football after that. Yeah, yeah, it's just a shame that, uh, like, yeah, we can't, we can't, like, I, I certainly don't want to say sit here and be hypocritical and go play the game, forget all about it. We were given out about international games going ahead with coronavirus yeah. tests as well. So, like, and, and, like, and I fully do believe I have no problem with this being with the, like the plus points for this is we've now with an extra week to get Ross Barkley back into the team for Wolves. Yeah, it is a plus, but the, the reason why I asked about the protocol, right? 
I, I know this is way, way off the Premier League, right? But <laughs> the, FA, the FA have awarded the FA trophy tie to Rushton and Diamonds because one of their opposition of uh, Ilk, Ilkston Town. Ilkston, yeah, very familiar had, with had it. Corona, coronavirus. So, uh, so that's, their, that's the FA's call on it. <laughs> you know, I know it's only FA trophy. It's not a big deal. I can assure you it's a big fucking deal to Ilkston Town, mm. but uh, there's UEFA's protocol on it. Means that uh, Northern Ireland were relegated from their uh, yeah your, your, your UEFA Nations League because of this. So, um, what happens next week if we get more cases in I don't know, say Chelsea or whatever? You're going to find this league at a standstill again. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the Northern Ireland thing, I think, was more so the players couldn't get out of their own country. But I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're coming out with this. There needs to be a, a, a kind of, a, like, if UEFA are making an edict or something like that, why are the FA allowed to take a, a different standpoint, considering the, F, the FA agreed with UEFA, bring it all full circle back to VAR. The, UA, the, the FA agreed with UEFA and agreed with FIFA about the parameters for offsides and for things like that, whereas other leagues like uh, Eredivisie and Danish League, uh, the Danish Super League, went against the, the protocols and said, we're running it our way because we need to have an increment of of, mm. uh, of fair play and and uh, you know a kind of a, a kind of uh, an area of, of human error built in the human error into it as well. But yes, look, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more written on this. It's only breaking news. We will find out an awful lot more. I don't know what the hell we're going to do for another podcast this week. And um, if there's any, if there's, do you know what? If there's anybody out there that deals with physios, is, is a physio or deals with physical. Um, so it's physical therapy or anything like that. I've got a couple of questions and injuries that I'd absolutely love to talk to somebody about. If there's anybody <laughs> there who wants to come on a podcast to talk about injuries and rehabilitation, absolutely knock us out. Give me a DM. I'd love to talk to you because uh, I'm fascinated by that stuff as well. Being a long sufferer <laughs> of injuries throughout my whole career. Uh, some might call me the Darren Anderton of, uh, of Limerick Desmond League soccer. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no. I'm somewhere in between Darren Anderton and, uh, and and who's that really heavy guy that used to play with Stoke? Was it John Parkin? I think that was why his name Jesus. was John John Parkin. Yeah, yeah, I'm somewhere in between there. <laughs> I was carrying, I was, I was carrying a bit, but I was, uh, but the injuries were what really stopped me from making the top grade. Yeah. Um, <laughs> My biggest disappointment for Friday night now is I, I have been. The, the regular listeners will have noticed oh, yeah. I, haven't op- I haven't opened any cans for the last few weeks so I've been on the dry since uh, since the middle of October and I have a, our pubs reopen on Friday and I have yes. a booking a booking for two tables in in, uh, in McGettigan's in Limerick that's not going to be uh, any match to watch so it's a pain mm. in the arse but look what can we do they're coming for you there Paddy there's the, there's the police they're I know. coming for you there <laughs> They're um, coming better, to bring me to the pub, Neil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I can't wait for that. I can't wait yeah. till the day that the police... And that, do you know what? Wouldn't it be some way to get to get the public back on site again? Those those who maybe, uh, you know, are, are getting fed up with lockdown. It'd be some way if the guards drove you to and back from the pub. That would be some <laughs> way to, to get the public back on site. Yeah. <laughs> Might petition that one, actually. That would be fantastic. <laughs> Although I'm within walking distance, so I don't really mind. Um. We're beginning to ramble. Look, lads, we started off very, very perturbed. 
I suppose, look, at, at the end of things, we're still ahead of, I'll say it again, I said it after the Brighton game, we're still ahead of where we should be this year. Uh, context is very, very important when we look at the at, at the season as a whole at the moment. Yes, there are glaring areas that we need to shape up in very, very quickly that weren't issues at the start of the season. We need to get that back on track again. Um Ross Barkley, hopefully, will be back for the Wolves game. It's looking like it at the moment. Um, I know it's not a huge thing. I think that we need to have... I think Ollie Watkins needs a rest up front as well. I think he's been a bit off pace in the last two games, not just because he missed a penalty, just hasn't been his effervescent self up there. I would be really hoping that maybe this these next couple of days I'd be saying to Ollie Watkins, literally, do you know what? All you got to do is come in and do shooting drills and do hold up, hold up drills and so on like that. We don't want you doing a lot of physical work because there's a couple of players, McGinn, looks a bit tired out there um you know and, and i know we're talking here about uh and we're talking about here about having extra days off and weeks off but see how fast we started when we had that extra week off at the start of the season because we didn't have to play man city and we started quickly maybe this break uh, because with having all our guys on international duty and we were only talking about this as well last week maybe this break will do us um a solid you know in for the wolves game Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully so. Hopefully so. Yeah. We'll, we'll pay uh, for it later in the year. Apolo- apologies for all the negativity earlier on in the podcast, but I think it was warranted. Ah, you know, I, I, do, I, do know. I think we've been hard done by. So it's uh, it's one of those things, and hopefully we won't be dealing with it too often. But yeah. I wouldn't hope for it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I just, for anybody that was there, Paddy just had a Christmas card with Mike Riley's name on it and he just shredded it here in front of me. I'm only joking, he didn't. He didn't. Uh, but <laughs> All right, guys, listen, we're going to we're gonna end it there because I have the dinner in the oven and uh, she'll kill me if I, if I burn it. Um, thanks a million for listening, as always. Look, there, we will get this back on the road again. The potential in the team is there. We have. It's not as if we've been found out because we're playing better than other teams. It's just we're being caught with sucker punches, I think, at the moment. But you can find Paddy on at Villa Paddy and Twitter you'll find the podcast here on at Love McGrath pod please keep on liking sharing subscribing convincing other people canvassing for us out there um, look I just want to interact with as many people as possible I really did mean it if there's anybody out there that knows of a physio or a physical therapist that would like to come on and talk about rehabbing of certain injuries what goes into it and time frames and stuff I would really love to talk to people about that because I'm fascinated by it um, so if anybody knows of anybody out there uh, tell them get in contact with us and if they're a Villa fan all the better it'd be fantastic but um, no game on Friday we're going to have a lot of time to stew on this one I think as long as the team have time to stew in it, learn from their mistakes, learn from what went wrong and make things right while getting in a bit of rest. I think that we'll be fine. Have a good crack off wolves now when we come back, come back at this again. And all that's left is, oh, I nearly, I nearly didn't say it. The Lakers sportsman of match, Paddy. I presume we're going with Jack Grealish. Absolutely. Jack Grealish, man of the match. If we were, if we were truthful, he's probably in a man of the match every time Aston Villa play, but we can't keep giving it to him. But we might have to. We might have to. So the Lakers Sports sponsor man of the match uh, is Jack Grealish. And until next time, everybody, up the villa. Up the villa. Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.